0: and welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott, that's Danny Cannell, that's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash Cover 3. Thanks to all of you that are subscribed and jumping in the chat. Thanks for hanging out. If you're watching us later, you can, you can still smash that like button, just like all the viewers that are watching live. Also, a hello to anybody who is checking us out across Facebook through 24-7 Sports. Listeners on the audio, uh, you are always loved. You are our day ones from the start. Very fun activity to get to today because we're not going to be ranking the non-conference games on the 2022 schedule as they exist. No, no, no. That's that's really more of a late off-season, actually gets you focused on the season ahead kind of activity. No, we we want to throw all the non-conference games out. We want to rewrite some of our dream non-conference matchups. So we'll be doing that uh, draft style, cover three draft style here in just a little bit. But as we sit here on this Monday, uh, we do have a Final Four. It, it takes college basketball so many daggum games to reach an appropriate size to determine a national championship. You know, you have to go through all this, you know, upsets and Cinderella's and we do have uh, a final four with zero Cinderella's in it. We have teams that combined to have won seven of the last 13 national championships. We have teams whose combined histories extend well beyond the decades, multiple coaches who have won national championships uh, actually, not for Duke. All of them are with Coach K, who, of course, as we know, um, reportedly will be stepping down at the end of the season. Tom, really? Yeah, I, I, I haven't I, heard that. I I'm waiting on Shefty to tweet it before I can really feel like I can run with it. Um, it's so,
1: crazy how that's happening in the same year that Duke and North Carolina are meeting for like the thousandth time in the NCAA tournament.
0: You know, it's it's funny the 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 score they are dead even you know everyone always brings up the like Duke in North Carolina oh they've their, their number of wins is dead even their number of points is dead even well same in the NCAA tournament dead even <laughs> zero zero all the way across the board uh, but Tom we were talking about it in Texas, like what do you think are um, some of The lessons that we can learn as we are looking forward to the future of the college football playoff on college football playoff expansion, is there anything to be taken away from what we've seen in the NCAA tournament this year? Uh,
1: Not just this year, but in general, because I think this year it's way too easy to look at the college football playoff and say, hey, college football had a Cinderella college basketball doesn't college basketball has the big tournament college football only has four teams they did a better job of getting them there you could just look at the one year and say that but i feel like that's way too small of a sample size so what i did was i did a little more research going back further to make the sample size larger to find out whether there truly is parody in college basketball because they have a large tournament. And for those of you who think that an expanded field is gonna lead to parody, well, you're Chris Rock, I'm Will Smith, and I'm about to walk up on stage and slap you across the damn face and put some sense into you. I went back first to 1998 which is when the bcs was created because before that we really didn't have any kind of playoff whatsoever and i guess you could consider the bcs a playoff in that we finally got some common sense and put number one versus number two instead of having them play separate games and then kind of just voting on it afterwards but since 1998 and the creation of the bcs 12 different schools have won a national title in college football In that same time span, no matter what happens in the Final Four, because the four teams in the Final Four this year have all won national titles in that time span, 13 different college basketball programs will have won a national title. So 12 football, 13 basketball. That's a whole lot. Look at all the more parity that you have in college basketball with the big field. But then you know what? I said, you know, going back to 98 is a pretty good sample size, but we could use some more. So let's go back to 1985 which is when Expansion. college basketball expanded to 64 teams in its tournament. And that's 37 years ago, but there's only been 36 tournaments in that time because 2020s was canceled. In those 36 years, 19 different college basketball programs have won a national title. Would you guys like to guess how many college football programs have won a national title in the last 36 years? Chip, how many do you think of one?
0: We were at uh, 13 for 1998. Yeah. And so we're going to go back... To nineteen eighty six, I'm gonna say there were only three or four seventeen. I'm gonna say four 17. additional schools. Yeah,
1: Danny, what do you? What's your guess?
3: Well, Miami won a lot of those, like in those years. So I'm trying to think. Um, USC probably. Uh, I'll, I'll say sixteen. Okay, Bud. Wait, the timeline is. Since 1986, <laughs>
4: the last 36 years.
3: So basically, how many, 86. how many additional 86 to 98? How right? many
4: different teams have won a how national How many different title? programs have won a national title in college football.
3: Nebraska was back to... Wow.
4: 19. Okay.
1: 18. Mm-hmm.
3: Damn. It close.
1: So in that same time span, 18 college football programs have won as 19 different college basketball programs. So even, even though college football, for a large portion of those 36 years... Didn't have a playoff of any type. Didn't even have a one versus two scenario. Had just as many national different schools winning national titles as basketball. So next time you come to me saying, well, expanding the field will bring more parity and give more teams a chance to win a national title. I am going to slap you across the face because you're an idiot and you haven't done any of the actual research. You're just saying it because you want it to be true. Bless
3: you. Thank you. Bless you. Um, those people are idiots. They deserve to be slapped. Thank you. let slap them, Danny. No, 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 but, no, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun watching a lot more teams feel like they have a chance yeah. to win a national championship. That's the part that's fun about it. Because like, we've had this exact discussion before, and we've all said, is it really going to change who's going to win the national championship? Probably not. Maybe you get a team not a – and the thing that's funny is the St. Peter's doesn't even exist. There are 358 Division Three schools in basketball and 130 in football. So, like, you're just not – you're going to eliminate, you know, a lot of schools that aren't going to be that uh, category. But I do think, like, a Cinderella team to me in football – Would have been like yeah we had that in Cincinnati last year who probably would have been eliminated, but a Cinderella to me would be a team like a three win USC team Mm -hmm. with Sam uh, Darnold at quarterback who might get into a twelve team playoff and like that's and that's other like you could take the other angle and say like this is what I was thinking about before the show in college football we wouldn't have the chance to see UNC or Duke because they wouldn't have been invited to party and yet both and we. And, like, this is a conference thing, too. We thought the ACC was awful all season long, right? They're horrible. But we kind of forget that teams get better and teams figure things out, especially in the era of transfers when you're seeing this much roster turnover. I think that needs to be accounted for and maybe something that should actually enhance the argument for expansion because there are going to be teams that lose early in the season that could still be capable, maybe not of knocking off Alabama or Georgia, but of making a really deep run and the postseason and when i say deep run you know may, maybe winning a game or two in a playoff scenario it'd but be the here, semis how-
0: the cinderella run would be to be the lower seeded team in the first round win that get into the quarterfinals then knock off one of the top four seeds then get into the semifinals and then much like many cinderellas that would be like the elite eight moment where in the semifinals you end up getting smoked by 20
1: but how often it, is that quote-unquote cinderella going to be like north carolina in this year's tournament where yeah they're the eight seed but they're north carolina like, like danny mentioned was, like okay like USC. there's gonna be a town here where usc has three losses and then makes a run and oh look at cinderella usc
3: that is i think well, it goes to your okay. point about parody like we can say parody all we want i mean I, i've always used not the how many championships have been won like there's really if you go back and look at any top 25 ranking, you know, pick a decade and just go down through it, it's usually the same top 25 teams, like almost always. And then, you know, there'll be a cycle where again, Alabama's up, Miami's down, Florida State's down, you know, Florida's up, Georgia's down. Georgia, like but it's always the same 25-ish programs that have the resources, that have the want to, that have the capability of putting all that together. Not more, not more champions, more belief, more people
4: interested in the season for longer. Tom's exactly right. It will not create more champions. It's going to create fewer champions. However, people love to lie to themselves. We say this probably every single week. Look at all the crazy stuff they lie to themselves about on social media that has real-world consequences. You don't think a, – like, a literally, fan is short for fanatic. You don't think that people were willing to delude themselves into thinking they have a shot at a title in an expanded format – Here's a question. How many mailbag questions do we get that are some derivative of, hey, this team is not even really top 25 normally, but how do they level up to maybe get a shot at the national title? And we're like, eh, not going to happen. But we can kind of we can pitch them on it a little bit with the expanded playoff. They'll care more about those late November games potentially uh, because we know ESPN is not going to stop beating the drum on the playoff. So it's not going to go back to, hey, just love your regional rivalries. That, so. that, that trains down the tracks. So we're giving them the hope of playing in the Sugar Bowl, which they already have. And No, but they have the hope of can we go on a magical run? If we could but just put the pieces if you're together, Iowa if we State, can get on track.
1: If you're Iowa State getting to a Sugar Bowl or an Orange Bowl or a Rose Bowl, any of the bowl that's not in the playoff that year – that's still the same thing because you're going to go and you hope you win the game, but you're not going to win the entire national title. We're not, all we're doing. They don't is know repack- that, Tom. That's
4: the point. I know, but
1: here's my other point to us. All we're doing is repackaging what we already have and calling it something different. That's all we're doing. We're rebranding yes. the same thing that we <laughs> already have. Yes. But what we're doing is we're going to here. Let's look at college basketball. Compare college basketball television ratings in the regular season to college basketball television ratings in the March that's what we're going to do to college football we're going to shoot ourselves in the face so we get a bigger payout at the end and we are going to destroy the ratings for the regular season because the games aren't going to matter nearly as much i don't think the
4: comparison is apt there it's it's not really one for one to me it's not one for one people will still watch more college football
1: games in the regular season than they do college basketball but if you think that the ratings for regular season games are going
4: to drop look at attendance I don't think they will drop because I think more people are going to care about games later, like that don't really matter (gasps) nationally. Like, so I don't like college basketball. I don't care about college basketball. I didn't do a bracket. I've watched two college basketball games one, St. Peter's and and, uh, um, was it Purdue, right? Like, this is a cool story. And then I watched St. Peter's, North Carolina for about 20 minutes. And then North Carolina was just stomping these dudes. Shout out North Carolina alternate lines.
0: Yeah, it's sick. (laughs) Tom Tom Tex, he's like, let's go. Plus 220 (laughs) on the alt line. (laughs)
4: yeah yeah i I, shout out whoever's on the broadcast for us they're like nobody's really closed out st peter's like this i'm like north carolina has some athletes so i'm gonna go ahead and live bet this uh allegedly if i was in a legal state anyway um but like i think if, if it will bring in more of the casuals which we need the diehards will watch in any scenario we need more people to have greater casual interest in the sport for longer in the season i think some games will probably have less meaning i think other games will have a lot more meaning i think the games that have less meaning, which I think as Tom is correct, there will be some. I think those will be outpaced by the games that have more meaning.
3: But that's where I think the proposal with the twelve teams, with the bye in the first round, potential home field, like those will make the regular season more meaningful and less likely scenarios of you know resting starters and stuff like that, or even having a quote meaningless regular season game. I think it'll make November games more meaningful i yes. don't I think
1: it'll hurt September, October, and early August. Oh,
4: I think it's possible, but Tom, I do you think,
1: think that I think it's very likely I don't think it's possible I think
4: it's likely well here's how here's why it might not not be likely um and I don't disagree with you that the meaning of those games as far as like the impact will go down some because of your chance to still get in but one as Danny said seating. To which I think will have some impact. Like teams will still care about it, obviously, fans, which is what we're talking about here, maybe slightly less. But there's still that new car smell that we wait all off season for that exists in those first you know five, six weeks of the season uh, that I think will still likely carry those early season games to to strong ratings. I think what would help those early season games, as far
1: as like you mentioned, seating, if the playoff games were played on campuses? But as long as they're played at neutral sites, you're going to see teams that do it like the NBA. Like, yeah, who cares if we get the seventh seed? We'll just rest our guys until then, be fully healthy when the playoff starts, and then we've still got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and we'll be fine. Hell, Ben Simmons doesn't have to play all season. We'll be just fine. If you look at it now, if they play all these games on neutral sites, what the hell really does matter if you're the seventh seed or the fourth seed? You're not playing at home.
0: But from the coaching perspective, you only get but so many games. I don't know if you would really want to sacrifice the reps and the opportunities to be able to. Oh, no, not from a
1: coaching perspective, from a fan's perspective.
0: Oh, that you just. There's
1: not nearly as much jeopardy if the games, if there aren't any home games in the playoff that you could play for. There's not nearly as much jeopardy you could afford. If you're Alabama, you can lose three times and you're still going to get in the playoff. Not saying Saban's going to be like, eh, take the week off. Yeah, but if you're an Alabama fan, there's already apathy in the Alabama fan base as it is. Saban's yelling at fans every single season for not coming to the games, for leaving early.
0: Yeah, they they, they come. It's it's really it's being yeah. out, out of the building. That's by, only going uh, to get worse. that uh, that they're starting to get a, a little bit. That's to me that's tough to quantify. But whether the if a fan checks out, does that mean that they're not going to watch their favorite team or watch their conference rival in September and October in a way that they would right now?
1: For some, for sure, there are going to be diehards who watch all the time. But for the casuals, you are not going to get the casual interest until November. So you're going to improve ratings for them, and the rest of it's going to suffer.
0: Mm, Interesting. Uh, One other piece of this: a lot of the St. Peter's run was made about resources. It was made about like the only three thousand students, undergraduate and graduate, at the school. You know, they their athletic department. Uh, The SID office, the guy who does men's basketball also has to do four other sports. Like it it is a very, very small, maybe I think only two or three assistant coaches on salary. Maybe the other ones are internships for the staff. This is a massive resources difference to what St. Peter's had against Kentucky, against Purdue, against North Carolina, even against Murray State in the second round. I don't think, and correct me if you've got a good example I think that just the FBS split in general means that we are unlikely to see uh, a school with the small amount of resources making it to the college football playoff as that Cinderella story because underfunded programs don't win games and underfunded programs don't win enough games to be able to make the college football playoff. Tom, what, what number did you say St. Peter's was like
4: 358th?
1: Uh, no, there are 358 programs. They were not 358th, but they were like 150th, I think, in Ken Palm at the start of the tournament.
4: How many guys are on a basketball roster scholarship wise? Nine, Nine? 12, 12 to 15.
0: 12,
4: 12. Yeah, 12 okay. to 15. All right, let's just use 13. That's kind of a decent ad. All right, so that's 2,000 scholarship players. You just kind of went down the pool. Like, what, what, what school is 85th? Or, you know, what, what school is 2,000 scholarship players down? Like, where are we getting in the player pool in college football? To get to a point where we're at St. Peter's, it's 24th. So if you think of it in like those terms, you know, once you're 2000 scholarship players in, 150th in basketball is like 24th in football. Mm-hmm.
0: Because there's so many
4: players per roster. Cinderella. 24th is a Cinderella in college football, though. I, I know, but that's my, it's like the other thing too
1: is just football and basketball are such. Different sports. Football does not lend itself to a Cinderella because you get to the tournament. Let's look at St. Peter's. Kentucky shot horribly. St. Peter's shot well. In basketball, if you could have your best player, if he has a bad night, it is going to very much affect the entire team. If you happen to run into a team on a good night while that happens, you are very much going to lose. The tournament is a random number generator. So so St. Peter's gets that with Kentucky, pulls off the miraculous upset. Then they get Murray State. In the second round, Murray State has a terrible game. And St. Peter's deserves some of the credit, so I'm not taking it away from them, but they have another hot shooting night. They win. They get to Purdue, who has the worst game plan I have ever seen for a team that's going up against a bunch of six five guys when you've got two 7-footers, and then your lottery pick has a horrible night. Purdue loses. You get to the Elite Eight. You face a team that doesn't play bad. You get destroyed. That doesn't happen in football. Like if a football player, if one guy on the team is having a bad day, it's not going to have that large of an impact unless he's the quarterback and he's having an outrageously horrible day.
0: I think the Cinderella stories in the new college football playoff will be power conference teams in hard to get to college towns that do not traditionally compete for conference championships. When Oregon state is a PAC 12 champion, we'll be talking about it like a Cinderella story. When, when, when Illinois wins the Big Ten again, we are going to be, be talking about time it like in a row. Juggernaut that it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be these these kind of teams are going to end up being our Cinderella story uh, in the college football playoff. Though I do think that the casuals will jump on board if when we get like an Appalachian state, when we get uh a Boise state, when we get teams not from the power conference, they will and they will gladly take all the support from these people, the flyby fans that are going to jump on board just because they want to root for somebody not from a power conference. But, I mean, we've, we've been around those programs. Those are not underfunded, underdog mentality. They've climbed to the top of their own respective conferences because they have a serious investment in being good in college football.
1: Well, here's the hypothetical. Like, Cincinnati made the playoff this year. How many years of that – of the quote unquote Cinderella being reaching the playoff and then getting smacked before everybody that was crying that Cinderella never got a chance to start saying, I'm sick of seeing Cinderella.
4: What's your over under on that? Nah, I don't um, think that that's How many happen. years have we, had, have we had the semifinals where, where, where the teams get smacked?
0: Mo- more already. semifinals than not. Yeah,
1: and they've been out. complaining about it because they're demanding more teams <laughs> the entire time. Let's go back. You want to get rid of the teams getting smacked? Make it smaller. That's been my argument all along. Just go to the two teams. We could have skipped a lot of time and frustration by going straight to Alabama and Georgia.
3: Completely agree. The However, elite, since they're not going to do that. No, I know. But, I mean, the Elite Eight sucked, right? I mean, they yes. all kind of smacked because, down. you know but why? Did that Too many what? Cinderella's made it. No, That's but, why it sucked. Well, I was definitely not rooting for St. Peter's. Like, I did not want to see them advance further because you don't want the Final Four ruined. But, see, this has been my point all along. That if you get, you'll get a better final four if you eliminate some of the Cinderella's earlier, give them the chance and it's fun. It's intriguing. You want to watch. But once you get to the final four, you'll get a better final four than we'd be. Like, I don't know if Cincinnati would have made it last year. Right. Like to the final four, if there was a 12 team playoff. So we would have had the fun of that conversation. Maybe they win one round, but I don't think they would have made the final four.
1: Yeah, my philosophy with the college basketball tournament has always been, I love upsets on the first weekend, but by the time you get to the Sweet 16, I kind of yeah. just like to push all that to the side.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, we get to fill out some some interesting non-conference games. The non-conference draft, looking at the matchups that we want to see. We'll get into that, breaking it down next Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Last week, we uh, we gamed out the entire NCAA tournament bracket from the football perspective. Uh, it's great to see T-Stars checking in in the chat just to uh, confirm what we thought which is that Vermont does not have football. So Vermont catamounts, uh, <laughs> perennial America East Conference contenders, and occasionally a dangerous threat under John Becker to be able to, to throw a first round upset out there. It fell short, but um, good, good to know that we were correct in our, our guess that Vermont was not going to be advancing in our Cover 3 college football adventure. Okay, non-conference draft. Danny? You are up first. You are on the clock. What is the non-conference game that you absolutely want to, gotta, have to see?
3: So I was curious about this. Like, is there a slam dunk, like, number, number one, one, like a Trevor Lawrence, yes. you know, that just everybody's dying for? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't let in screw this up. Because I feel like, for me, there was one coach that left for another program. <laughs> And now (laughs) the program that he left feels like they got an upgrade and a coach has been a longtime assistant. I'll go with Oklahoma, USC. Um, When you see (laughs) when when you see the, the picture of Lincoln Riley's, you know, monstrous, like, just Pacific Coast view, multi-million dollar mansion and Oklahoma fans are like, well, they have earthquakes out there. (laughs) Like He's going to be miserable living in that house and it's better to live in Norman. Then you know that's like the definition of of how insane uh, both of these fan bases are. But primarily from the Oklahoma standpoint, would love to see it. I'm a little bit surprised too and I'm not talking about Colin Cowherd because he's a little bit... uh, of a nut anyway but like the 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 amount of reports I'm seeing coming out about USC and the turnaround and it's the you know morale change and just how upbeat everybody is and optimistic everybody is it's like they're starting to believe some of the press clippings about the program it's pretty remarkable but that to me was the number one draft pick for sure
1: was Colin not being a little tongue-in-cheek with that practice
3: tweet though I thought so. I thought he was. I could see him smirking as he hits it. Yes, yes, definitely. But there's also like he, and he's done that since he moved to LA. He's definitely gone all LA, all Mm -hmm. everything, all the time. So there's definitely some of that. But there's also a part of me that knows, he knows exactly what he was doing with that tweet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's in his best interest to have that be like USC be good. I think it would just be good, but yeah. But then
3: also, did you see Bruce Feldman? Like he was at practice and he was, and he was probably the one texting Colin, like getting him all fired up. Like, hey, they look great. He was like, hey, feels upbeat. Like he was, he was texting or tweeting some of that as well.
0: (laughs) It's the most unique roster in the history of USC football. It is, it is a free agent team. It is uh, 13 transfers right now, and because of the flexibility of the roster, Lincoln Riley's own words, they're going to go get more. And he said, I feel confident with what we're selling and what we're building here that we're going to be an attractive location. I mean, he he is just going, um, he's positioning this first season of his tenure at USC, like, yes, we are a pro team. We're, we're going to do what the Rams just did. We're going all in. This is title town, baby. And we're just, if do you want to come jump on board? Let's go. Now, Ken, is that sustainable? Over the course of an entire season, what happens when a group of strangers meets adversity i mean the 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 football guys will tell you that sometimes you need years of you know being in the trenches together to be able to build up uh, the chemistry to be able to overcome that adversity in the moments when things get hard and aren't going well but I am not surprised that they think it's upbeat because it is it is a team of free agents it is a team that a roster that is unique and I think Lincoln Riley's leaning into it
4: it's so up, go. No, I, I just think any new coach would would honestly produce <clears throat> a good feelings from USC, right? Because they were such a, a train wreck last year. Everybody assumed that uh, their coach was going to be a you know lame duck, and, and he, he basically was fired before mid season. So before mid season, it was September fourteenth. Sure, that's before mid season. I mean, that, that was very early in the season. Uh, I just I believe that that the culture is changing. And I think Lincoln O'Reilly knows what he's doing. But don't you think we would have got similar headlines from almost any hire they could have made once they finally got Clay Hilton out? No. Mm. I think it's Caleb Williams. Nobody else is bringing Caleb Williams, yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah. I still want to see what they do on defense, and I don't really like the idea of flexibility on the roster. Flexibility on the roster to bring a lot of guys in means we got some major holes, y'all. Yeah. Uh, So...
0: I, th- I, think that, I think that's what he's saying. He's trying to, He is going to the portal, and he is saying, like, we've got playing time right now. You want to come get it? You want to jump on board, play for a Pac-12 title? Let's go. A couple of historical notes here. Only eight meetings all time between USC and Oklahoma. It is 6-2 USC, and they have not played since the Trojans put it on them <laughs> in that BCS National Championship game at the end of the 2004 season. So it would be the first time uh, since they played for the Natty. Uh, anything Anything else we want to get in on Oklahoma-USC and the Lincoln-Riley, just the, the number one overall pick, surefire, never been a doubt about this in the non-conference dream matchup draft?
1: I just wish I got to make it because it's really hard to figure out what the next best choice is <laughs> after that.
0: <laughs> That's right. And Tom, you are number two on the clock.
1: All right. Uh, God, I've got so many here. It's like, yeah, USC, Oklahoma, duh. I don't want to go with uh, – can I say other kind of picks? But like potential ones, I'm not going to pick
0: it. Yeah, we're going to save some time at the end for like games that maybe we didn't want to draft, but we would like to bring attention.
1: All I was going to say is I was going to go. I have Oklahoma, Clemson on the list, but I don't want to put that after we just took Oklahoma, USC. Um, I'm going to go with Texas, Texas A&M. Even though it's going to be a conference rivalry soon enough, I would just like to see Texas and Texas A&M have to play a football game before they're contractually obligated to by their conference.
0: Texas and Texas A&M, um, the, if this goes down in 2022, who's got the better starting quarterback when they play?
1: Mm-hmm. Because it's, I do think that, obviously, the Aggies are going into the season thinking college football playoff. Like I, th- I think that's not maybe the expectation, but it's like a realistic goal for them whereas Texas is going to be second year Steve Sarkeesian. So to have that game, whether it was early in the year or if they did it like old school style on Thanksgiving, at the end of the year, I think it would be even better. But I would just like to see those two programs, considering AM thinks it's on the precipice of finally getting to where it wants to be and Texas, is thinking Sarkeesian can get them back to where they want to be, at least start that process. It would be a huge game for both programs, just for bragging rights within the state and kind of a statement as to where they are.
4: I think Texas would have better quarterbacks. So do I. Mmm. Jimbo.
0: Not good. Not good. All mm. right, bud.
4: All right. I'm I'm gonna throw this one back. Uh I, I was thinking about playing on, on Winspedia, which is a cool site. It shows like the all-time matchups for, for all, all these things. And I tried to find some that have never really uh never played each other. Um, it was that was hard to do as far as teams you actually want. Uh, but one I, I do think would be pretty fun is Georgia, Ohio state. They've only played one time. I think it was in 93 or 94. I was Googling this morning. Uh, I mean, two historic programs, obviously George just won the national title. Ohio state has been like the most consistent program of my lifetime. So like they're almost never, ever down. Give me that as a, as a non-con. I don't play care if you play a neutral site. I prefer if you go one horseshoe and one between the hedges, but, uh, to me that'd be an awesome one and that's just it's never happened before except never? one time
0: okay I think 93
4: or 94 or so that'd be fun
0: if that happened this year the reigning champions against the uh against the Buckeyes would the Buckeyes be favored
4: no I think Ohio State be favored
0: Mm,
1: this year, I mean, if Georgia yeah. was favored over Alabama, I don't think Ohio State would have been favored over Georgia. Oh, I thought you meant like oh, for this coming I, I'm season. I was looking
0: at twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, like last year's teams, right? Oh, okay.
0: This, I was saying, this coming year, like if, oh, like, oh no, and, then Ohio
1: State would be favored for sure. Okay. I'm sorry, I yeah. was thinking if we were talking about last, like the national champion Georgia versus the Ohio State team that didn't
3: even. No, no, the no. They best. still have
0: Nolan Smith, but they don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get, you got it. Uh, All right. They
3: have have their quarterback back.
0: (laughs) Stetson Bennett bringing the sauce and worth four points on the betting line. All right. So I, but I too spent some time on Winsipedia and was looking to identify uh, certainly programs that would draw interest, but also maybe some unique twists in terms of narrative, either with the teams now or big picture. And there's no specific hook here, but I do think that in terms of the overall draw uh, especially if we could get these games in both of these historic you know, college football stadiums, uh, I, give me Michigan-USC. They've only played 10 times all time, and none of the meetings have been there. They have not played at all since 2007. And if we look at where both these teams are going to be uh, this year, we're, we're looking at a Michigan program where the expectations are now raised after a Big Ten championship but we also know the personnel, both on the sideline at the coordinator position, uh, and also on the field, particularly on defense. You know, massive turnover. So Michigan is going into a very interesting season. You know, Jim Harbaugh reworked contract, also raised expectations for USC. Uh, a lot more hype for USC. I think that this one would be uh, a very, very fun game, and it would be cool to uh, to renew that series.
1: As a traditionalist, I'm against this idea. Although I understand why you want to see it. If I'm seeing Michigan playing USC, the only, the only place i want to see that Bowl? is in the Rose Bowl. Yeah.
0: Okay. Play that. I don't want to Jackson see it drop. in
1: like Cowboy Stadium or whatever. It no, no be, I, I want
0: to, to see it in the big
3: house. Yeah,
0: yeah, I want to see USC Michigan in the big house. Okay, and then, yeah. no, I'll watch that like,
3: for sure. And we can play this under the Los assumption these are all in regular season matchups, right? At home, yeah.
4: Yes. What about in Jerry World? You want to see USC play Michigan in in a like a Walmart parking lot?
0: No. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, for my first pick of the second round, this one started with taking uh, Bill Connolly's um, 2022 preseason SP. Plus, and I wanted to look for you know, similar teams and, and maybe outside of that top elite tier, but teams that are going to be good and, and teams that are going to be somewhat excited. And I found two teams that have only played three times all time. All three of these meetings were in Florida-based bowl games all across the last, like, 40 years. They played once in Jacksonville, once in Tampa, and once in Orlando. But we have not seen a regular season meeting between Penn State and Florida. Currently, uh, back to Bill C's rankings, Florida's number 18 in his preseason SP Plus projections, Penn State's number 16. Neither one of these are teams that are being picked to win their division. Neither one of these are teams that are being picked to win their conference, but you know, you go talk to any Penn State or Florida fan, the expectation is that that's going to be a good football team, that it's going to be a top 25 football team. So I, I like the um, in-season focus on a Penn State and Florida, but I also like the fact that they just haven't played all that often and don't have a lot of history, and their tie together, they both thought they had Justin Fields at one point. So sorry. Oh, no. So the Justin Fields Bowl between Penn State and Florida will be the fourth all-time meeting between the Gators and the Nittany Lions.
4: Just crying into their solo cups. <laughs> part part of that is Florida's just complete unwillingness to leave the state yes. or especially the, the region for like three decades. I, I think there was a stat out there, and since they're going to play, is it Utah? Like that's that's the one that's going to break the streak, or, or is the streak already been broken? I think out of state the streak is broken, but out of the – SEC footprint, maybe not. Um, it was since 87, they had not left the SEC, fo- SEC footprint to play a non conference game uh, at more than a, a, a neutral site. So, like, obviously, not Michigan and Jerry World. Uh, and th- that game in 87, I think, was Syracuse. So, kind of cool to I, see this happen. But, all right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it back a little bit, not quite as far back to 87. Uh, but I, I have a couple from the same year, so I'm going to see if I can, can kind of get this thing to snake back to me. Do you remember a time, I think this was 1998, UCLA has a game scheduled with Miami. UCLA is a really damn good team uh, that year. K. McDowell, all those guys, they're, they're running with it. Well, the hurricane comes through, and, uh, and it delays the game until way late in the season. And by that time, a guy by the name of Edger and James. Uh, was really running pretty well for the Hurricanes. And uh, that was, I think it was like the first Butch Davis team there, or like the first one that wasn't just horrendous because Miami had the sanctions in 96, I think it was. And then they got pounded a lot in 97, if I recall. But 98, they were getting back to respectability. They've only played three times in in their history. It's pretty cool, you know, coastal rivalry, if we can make it one. And uh, maybe UCLA can get some revenge forward that edger and james game because had that game been played early in the season i think ucla beats them and uh you know that could be kind of kind of fun to see
0: if it was let's see what was the um what was the chip kelly mario cristobal head-to-head uh as opponents in the pac-12
4: Oregon got them last year remember yeah i think it's one to know yeah
0: Oregon's won the last three in the series. Uh, those wins coming in 2018, Ball against Kelly, uh, 2020 Cristobal against K- Kelly, and 2021 Cristobal. So three and uh, against Kelly. Yeah,
1: <sighs> whooped his butt. Does I, yeah. Mario Cristobal own Chip Kelly? Let us know in the comments.
0: <laughs>
4: That game is on YouTube uh, if you want to watch it. And they condensed it to one hour. That is a fun game to watch. I I went down that rabbit hole this morning.
0: The 34-31 from this year?
4: No, the 49-45 Miami over UCLA uh, 1998 end of year shootout.
0: Gotcha. All right, Tom, back to you.
1: All right, so you guys have been picking series that don't happen very often. I'm going to go pick a series that has happened many, many times but it's not happening this year and it's not currently scheduled to happen again until 2033, which I think is a shame because the last few meetings between these two programs have typically been one team good, the other bad. And I think right now this year would be a great time for them to get together. I would love to see a non-conference game between Notre Dame and Michigan.
0: (laughs) Oh, that wasn't the one you were looking for. No, You thought your pick was going to get stolen. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I mean, Notre Dame's Notre Dame's been to the playoff in multiple times in the last few years. Michigan's coming off its first playoff berth. I just think that it would be nice to see those two playing again when there are actual stakes, because like I said, the last few times they've met, either Michigan's been at a down year or Notre Dame's been at a down year. So it's really just been a avoid a bad loss, whereas now it would be this is a huge win for both of these teams. It's a huge opportunity.
0: I can rock with it. 100% and no none until 2033 2033 is, any, is the next are there time any bad blood or feelings about that
1: uh, I cannot remember the exact story but yeah there was some bad blood that kind of caused them to get rid of the series I can't remember who did what but whatever it's Notre Dame and Michigan they hate each other they always have and they both pretend that they're better than the other and that it's the other one's fault and the other one's being stubborn but reality is they're all morons
3: Ah, I love rivalries. I, right, Danny. All right, Continue. so I'm surprised this one. So I'm thinking, too, like this year. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma-USC. I thought you were going to go with a game that I'm surprised it's still on the board. I'm going to go Notre Dame versus LSU.
4: That's Yeah, that's
3: on my list. Brian Kelly versus Marcus Freeman. The way he left those players, basically – Saying, "Hey, I've I've basically capped. i have tapped out right here. This is as good as we're ever gonna get." The way he left the exit, I think that was a slam dunk for me. Uh, so Notre Dame LSU was there. Um, I mean, you've got you've got the two huge <laughs> the, coaching moves yeah. Yeah. right yeah. there. It's awesome. I'm all about the drama. Who yeah, cares? I just want the drama and the smack talk. I do think there there are some of the more compelling stories. Which. Are either one of these happening in the next three to four years? Like we could actually see this? What? Uh, are any of these schedule on the schedule? None of them are. Um, not Notre Dame, Michigan, twenty
1: thirty three. I do not see LSU on any future Notre Dame schedules for a
3: while. All right. Well, there goes that one. No, um, I don't think so? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think so either. I was trying to research that. All right. Since I got the next pick, I'll go. I'll go right here. These teams have played – oh, by the way, they have played 12 times, Notre Dame LSU. I was on Wincipedia as well. It's, it is a cool site. Do you know what used to frustrate me, though, on Wincipedia? You is change that,
0: one team, and then it automatically goes to the new matchup. You can't change both teams and reset Correct. It?
3: That's one thing that's annoying. But usually, like, if I'm looking up something in a hurry, like, I want to see the series record. But, like, see the, the just the straight – list of the games.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So you go there and it's like really intricate and it doesn't tell you like each outcome, but there's that little link that says full games list, which I finally found. I was on it for like a year and didn't realize that was an option. So I'd be looking at all these things. I'm like, I don't care about this information. Like, just give me, I don't care about the enrollment or whatever. I want to know what they've done. What are the scores in these games? Did finally figure that out.
1: I'd also say to Winsapedia, if you're listening, like you know, the little bar at the top that shows like the team that won and the margin, it's, it's colored like you know, red for one team and blue for the other. When yes. the background of that is black, don't make Cincinnati's
4: color black.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. You can't see it. <laughs> All right, For mine, I'm gonna go oh, with
4: the. We got we got some some uh, some breaking news here. Oh, what you got? Uh, speaking of USC, I know we got a lot of Oklahoma fans probably watching us. Brandon Huffman, who is like absolutely nails on the West Coast, he and Biggins and Angulo kind of run the whole recruiting game out West. Uh, He just put in a USC crystal ball for Josh Connerly. Josh Connerly is the the lone remaining big fish in the 2022 recruiting class. The number one rated offensive tackle uh, per us and the number eight overall player in the entire country. He didn't have an offer from Oklahoma, did he? Uh yeah, they're actually listed as warm, and he took his he took his ov January fifteenth. <sighs> oh man! So who else is
0: in the the running there?
4: Miami, uh, Oregon, USC, Michigan.
0: Lincoln's about to get it done. I'm telling you, this is this is going to be some real real hype that I'm just going to jump on board the entire way. I'm I'm all in. I want to I want to see what the what Lincoln does in Titletown with a bunch of free agents. You know we're professionalizing college football, so why not go to a place where they treat them like a pro team, right? In in that the way we're just going to do this, just You'll lean all into it.
4: All on CBS Sports HQ, uh, April eighth yeah. at six p.m. Pacific time, which means nine o'clock Eastern. There you go. What Oklahoma time is thats uh is that? Is that uh, is that eight o'clock? It's it's one hour and back,
3: time. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. They upgraded though. <laughs> I know because Dusty always tells me what time it is. <laughs> he lives in Oklahoma. All right. My pick. Uh, number three. I'm going to go with the Are They Back Bowl. If <laughs> I will dub it. They played four times. I think also, I think if they could get it this year or sometime soon, it'd be pretty intriguing. I went with Texas versus Miami. Yep, It's mm-hmm. interesting storylines for both of them. They're both. They both tend to live in the past a little bit. Both very excited about the future. I think it makes a lot. I think there's a lot of intriguing aspects to this matchup.
0: Texas shows up a lot on the big board. USC shows up a lot on the big board. <laughs> Michigan shows up a lot on the big board and nobody has picked two teams that have played for two national championships in the college football playoff era. Oh, no, no, they oh. played in the semifinals the first time.
4: Okay. Um, well, I'm not going to pick one either, but I, I, I do have, I, I think, a, a really fun one here. Also, very much played in that 1998 season. Two hold teams. On, hold on.
1: Who, I'm up. Oh shit! I'm sorry.
4: <laughs> or shoot. Wow.
1: Sorry. Wow, dropping I mean, S bombs, stealing yeah. picks. Wow, oh, wow. Where is Will Smith when you need him?
0: So we gotta, <laughs> let's, let's put that on the record for SEO. Yeah. Will Smith, Chris Rock slap, Oscars. Yeah,
1: that's what I want to see a non real fake match. deep fake <laughs> plan. <laughs> Smith stage. Versus Chris Rock. Um, I think Will would kick his ass. Uh, oh man, where do I want to go here? I man
0: played Ali, of course, he that's would. That's what I'm saying. Like. <laughs>
1: People were like, you, you, like I said something about Chris Rock being able to take a hit on Twitter, and somebody's like, "Either that or Will Smith slaps like your grandma." I'm like, "That dude put, like trained to be Muhammad Ali. I'm pretty sure he knows how to hit somebody." Uh, God, do I want to go? All right, this is just one. Is this? I know they scheduled it in the future, but I would just like to see UCF versus Florida.
3: Hmm,
1: just. Get it over with. I'd also like to see. Well, I don't, I won't, yeah. UCF versus Florida is what I'll go with. Mm -hmm. Just because either UCF loses and that fan base has to get a little dose of humility, or Florida loses
0: and it's hilarious. And it's (laughs) hilarious. As it was when UCF won in the bowl game, it was hilarious. Undoubtedly hilarious.
4: I don't know how, how closely you guys follow this, but um, they were trying to get games together several years in a row. And I actually think Florida is in the correct position with this. They're like, hey, we're not going to do a straight up one for one at your stadium, which holds like 30,000 people. You know, like that's not that's not good for our fans. Like like anytime we play a road game, we need to take care of our Bullgator boosters and, and the people who travel to see our team and uh, – you know, like that's just not realistic. So I think they offered to do it. I think it was a two for one where mm-hmm. they play in the swamp, but, all, but then they play in Camping World, um, which is um, a bigger you know stadium. It's where they play the Citrus Bowl here in, uh, uh, in, in Orlando. So,
1: yeah, and that's um, what they eventually agreed to, because they will be playing in Gainesville in 2024 and 2033. And then once in Orlando in
4: 2030. Yeah, makes sense. All right, Uh, so I guess I'm the one who's not following that because I didn't realize they actually agreed to it officially. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, so I'm going to go to 1998, and I think this is kind of a cool rivalry, two teams that I'm fairly high on for this year, two teams that historically have been pretty good, but if you are in your 20s, teens, or maybe very early 30s, these teams don't register as teams that have been good uh, in your lifetime. I'm going to go Tennessee, Nebraska. Uh, they, they've only played three times, pretty historic programs. We're, we're taking two, uh, two schools here that are not not drafted yet, so we're, we're, we're lining them up. I think two teams that would travel very well uh, to each other. Nebraska fans could experience some of the sail-gating experience potentially there at Tennessee, and I'm sure uh, Tennessee fans would be treated nicely. Uh, in Nebraska. Is there something else like an attraction we're supposed to say they would enjoy in Nebraska other than like the runs? I don't know. Okay, I'm so
1: mad at myself that I didn't think of this because this is, I mean, Tennessee and Nebraska are like the same program and they have been for the last 30 years for the most part, it feels like. So, no, that's a brilliant matchup. I will say, though, I don't know how much Nebraska fans would enjoy sailgating. They are in a landlocked state. I don't know how they will respond to water
4: and being on a boat. You ever been on a cruise ship? How many people from the Midwest are on a cruise ship? It's not most of these people from Florida and California hopping on these things. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a boat? Right.
0: Here we go. I'm going to keep it. I, I've had this in my back pocket. I, I'm going to get two picks. So I, I think I found a situation where the vols might be scared. So this one's out to producer Jordan. This one's out to Pete. This one's out to all our vols here. Because I happen to notice that all the way back to 1968 until about 2010, 2011, Tennessee was down to play Memphis. Tennessee was like, oh, yeah, we got this. They played 23 times. Tennessee won 22 of them. But they haven't played since Larry Porter was the head coach of Memphis, which means that ever since Memphis got good, historically good, because eight of the program's 15 bowl games – Have been since 2014. In the entire program history, more than half of the bowl appearances are on a run that Memphis is on right now. Are Vols scared? Vols scared to get this this battle between East and West Tennessee going? Are Vols ready for the emotional turmoil of taking on Memphis again? Or now that Memphis has gotten good, have you just decided that we're just gonna we're gonna go let them chill on the other side of the state? Do you not want the smoke? Give me Tennessee. (laughs) and Memphis in-state rivalry that the Vols are scared to play.
4: Dig it. I like it. I like it.
0: Uh, Next one, a little bit easier. Zero previous meetings, but there's one trophy that we can make that they can fight over. It's the Pack Full of Badgers Russell Wilson Bowl between Wisconsin and NC State. They have been fighting online over who gets to claim Russ ever since he got to the league. And forever the politician, he towed that line with that whole Pack Full of Badgers comment. So whoever wins the game, that's who Russell Wilson has to say for his television introductions where he went to school. You get the trophy, which is a trophy of Russell Wilson, uh, probably in a pose from one of his selfie videos. And you also get to know that when Russell Wilson is on national television, he is going to introduce himself uh, as being hailing from your university. So for the Russell Wilson Bowl for the first time ever, because again, zero previous meetings, give me Wisconsin and NC State.
4: His wife can sing the national anthem. Tom O'Brien can do the mm-hmm. coin toss. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You're <laughs> <Air>
4: <laughs> Yeah.
3: T.O.B. All right, bud. Oh, man.
4: Okay, uh, so it's my last pick here. I'm down to three. Um, I, I wanted one that's got some historic significance and want to be fun with good teams. And unfortunately, Chip just took Wisconsin, which was the one I was involved with. But I, I think a, a pretty fun bowl, which is now a contrast of styles. I'm going to go Texas Tech, Kentucky. Uh, it's the sort of original Mike Leach bowl. You know, Leach was at, Kentucky before he came to Oklahoma. I'm not going to pick another game in Oklahoma because we already have several here on the board. And uh, then he obviously did some great stuff there at Texas Tech. So I think Texas Tech, Kentucky could be fun. Kentucky doesn't really throw the ball very much now. They they run it a lot. Texas Tech, Tech is about to be WTFO, just throwing the ball all over the place with Zach Kitley as their uh, um, you know, as, as their OC. So uh, I am I'm I'm all in on this one. That would be a fun game.
0: Very, very fun game. Tom?
1: All right, this might be cheating. So if I can't do it, just say so and I'll come up with another pick. But we see in college basketball, we have like the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And then we even, like in the early season, we have that. I can't remember what it's called, but it's always like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and uh, Kansas, right? Where they, those four.
0: There's a Champions Classic and mm-hmm. then there's also a CBS Sports Classic. There Kentucky, we go. Kentucky's in both of them. Um, shout out to Big Blue Nation. The one's yeah. at the
3: Garden, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. the Champions yeah. Classic is the Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke and Kansas. That's the one, yep. CBS Sports Classic is UCLA, North Carolina, Kentucky and I think Ohio State might be the fourth one.
1: Well, I am inventing my own. <laughs> It is the academic bowl. It is a combination of Northwestern Vanderbilt, Duke, and Stanford every year meeting, and we'll find out who's the nerdiest of them all.
0: <laughs> Wake is pissed off. I yeah. couldn't go with
1: two you know little North Carolina private schools. you know, I had to go with Duke just whatever, but i I, I feel like they're nerdier. I think Wake is a little too good, a little too Wait. good.
0: Dave, great work by Dave Clawson, uh, getting getting Wake off the nerd tier in Tom Fernelli's view of college football programs. <laughs> Excellent.
3: I also – see, now here's the good part about being in the last spot. I can tell you some of my ones before I go with it. But since you mentioned uh, Vanderbilt, I mean, we just saw Vanderbilt-UConn, which might have been the game of the year. Like yeah. I would take that every single year from now on out, like the Battle of the Bottom Dwellers. I had that one for sure. I'm a little bit bummed. Um, so I had to get them on the list. Uh, because my Seminoles, like we would have done this five years ago. They would have been like probably everyone would have had some Florida State versus some. Nebraska. Yeah. Some, yeah. Re, let's bring back that rivalry. It's when so many national championships decided between the two. I had Florida State, Oregon potentially, uh, rematch of the uh playoff game, the Willie Taggart there back and forth. But this is more of a sign of where the program is now. I think the most compelling matchup would be Florida State versus Jackson State. Oh, my The revenge game. Gosh. That's a great
1: call. Not that Jacksonville
3: State. Not Jacksonville oh, no, no, no. State. That would be the revenge game. This is to determine who potentially is the future head coach in Tallahassee game that would be there. The Travis Hunter ball, yeah. Oh yes, there would be so many different storylines in this one. Ah, uh, well, who would be the favorite in that game? Florida State. Florida State. By how? My, state. By how many? Well, I mean,
4: did they just lose Notre Dame in a close Monday nighter and then have the D B show up high the next day? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, like the, some of these are important stats we we, we need to know. Uh, it'd probably be Florida State by like three or four scores. Okay. Uh, Jackson right. state's no. offense is not very good. And uh, okay. they, they like South Carolina state beat the crap out of them.
3: Yeah.
0: So, so uh, now that it's all done, I love that one. Um, <laughs> and I do think that, and we also said, this is what we want to see. And maybe it is a reflection of like, not that the program's in a bad state of affairs, but that you just, you're not, you're not draw. Like you're not repulsed at the idea of watching a Florida state football game, but you're not amped. Right. 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 You're just Like, Oh, cool! That that would be a football game, you know. <laughs> you
4: know, the one Knowles fans actually do want to have happen as on an annual thing. Like they they'd like to play it as a uh, um well as an annual rivalry as a conference game for sure. But if not, maybe pull one of the uh, UNC Wake type type deals. Is Georgia Tech? Uh, it is by far the most drivable rivalry uh, in in that you know geographic area. Like Miami is second closest, or or Clemson, and even that is you know over. Uh, Over eight hours, sometimes depending on where you live. Certainly, you're not driving Clemson from like Tampa uh, if you live in Jacksonville. Uh, So they'd like to be able to go to a road game that they don't have to fly to, Uh, and that's by far the closest one. I I know a lot of people like to see that happen uh, on an annual basis.
0: So we nobody mentioned Alabama, Ohio State. Uh, They've only played five times ever. Both last two meetings have been in the College Football Playoff. The first one in the semifinals, an Ohio State. Win uh, to advance to the championship game against Oregon, which they would win for the Buckeyes National Championship. The most recent one uh, being the Alabama National Championship in 2020. Uh, that, of course, being Devonta Smith, Mac Jones, Najee Harris uh, outscoring Justin Fields in a, in a very good uh, Buckeyes offense. Are we just. It's too easy. It wasn't fun. It was just like at the top of the board. The chat's, chat's been asking why we didn't uh, take it. So I figured we at least deserve uh, to acknowledge that among big, powerful national title contenders who even haven't met all that often, Alabama and Ohio State. I, I, you just wait for it in the title game? Is that the take? Yeah, we
4: just saw it. And I think we'll probably see it again this year.
0: Yeah, No Alabama at all, actually. I <laughs> Look at it.
3: Exhaustion. So it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: No one did USC Texas. We did get to see them in 17 and 18. They split that series, but uh, have only played seven times all time. Uh, Daryl Royal and John McKay did a head-to-head. Those are two iconic coaches. Didn't really feel that way in 2017, 2018 when UNC Texas got together, but uh, that was another one that I thought was on the list and very interesting. Uh, I wanted to shout out West Virginia and Pitt. Because the backyard brawl is being played in each of the next four seasons. They had not played since 2011. West Virginia won the last three meetings in the series. They played more than 100 times overall, but have not played in more than a decade. Love to see West Virginia and Pitt getting that on the books uh, for each of the next three, for each of the next four years.
1: I also had a illinois missouri on the list that'll be Uh, happening again in the near future but i just there is a natural rivalry between those two schools and they they used to play like they played every year for a while in football and then they kind of just stopped the series they still play every year in basketball but i think for both programs because they battle for a lot of the same recruits from southern illinois i think that if you go to the schools and you look at the demographics of the students there's a good share of kids from like Southern Illinois in Champaign. There's a good share of kids from Illinois at Mizzou. It's just there's like a whole lot of natural rivalry that already exists there. So for the programs to play on the field, I think, kind of just adds to it.
4: Um, By the way, to talk about, like, guys who were stars, we didn't know they were stars at the time, that 98 game. On this Miami defense, we have Daniel Morgan and Edward Reed.
0: <laughs> mm.
4: You get that full name treatment till, till you get, until you're good enough to pick, pick, uh, pick Dan and Ed, I guess.
0: Or, or, or that we don't, we haven't started like interviewing you enough to know that you go by anything else.
4: That's also true. Right,
0: whatever yeah. got filled out on the depth chart. Uh, any other, uh, oh yeah, UNC, UCLA, the sissy blue bowl, you know, <laughs> just let them both wear powders. Uh, no previous matchups in that rivalry either. Any other, uh, non cons that you had on your list?
1: Uh, Nebraska, Colorado.
0: hmm. Uh, good one
1: Uh, another one I had was Penn State and Pitt and then finally uh, Indiana Kentucky they do it every year in basketball or at least they used to and they used to play pretty regularly in football too but they just kind of stopped but I just feel like again that's another situation where the two schools they're in different conferences and it seems like they're in different worlds but they're actually very close to one another you can
0: always talk me into that like you're in different conferences but you share a border and which means you share recruits and you mm-hmm. share relationships with high school coaches. I'm all the way in on having teams like that uh, square off against each other.
4: Any other ones? We, we should do an episode by the way, on December 5th, 1998. Have you guys thought about this? Have you been on YouTube this entire show? <laughs> it's in the back. It's in the background. <laughs> I'm thinking about this.
0: Man's drafted <laughs> multiple non-con games from the same year. Is lost. lost. I just think it'd be awesome. Uh,
4: I I had Jordan Tech Colorado.
0: It was the 1990 national champion. Uh, they have decided. never played. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really, really cool. I like that a lot. You can follow him on Twitter at BuddyIlliot3. You can follow him at Danny Connelly. You can follow him at Tom Pernelli You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.